to Thrivers, nonprofit leadership for the next normal. I am your host today, Sarah Fonslau. I am the chief of impact at Thrive Impact, and our mission is to solve nonprofit leader burnout. Burnout is the enemy of creating positive change, and we want to connect you impactful, mission-driven leaders and ideas so that you can learn to thrive in today's nonprofit landscape. So usually I am joining Tucker and today Tucker is joining me, but it is your same old duo, Tucker and Sarah. Tucker, so good to be here with you. <laughs> good to be here with you. It was so fun hearing you do the intro <laughs> this time. I loved it. So fun. Well, Tucker, today we're going to talk a little bit, I think, about the idea of personal growth. And before I ask you our typical first question, just curious, like what comes up for you as you think about this concept of, of personal growth? Hmm. Uh, uh, what comes up for me, uh, just right off the top of my head is what are things in your life that give you energy, um, that are a resource to you versus demand on you? Um, yeah. you know, what kind of things in your life are, uh, help you learn mm -hmm. <laughs> quite literally, um, help you go deeper into something, uh, that you maybe didn't have the time to historically, but you really need to, that maybe helps your work or helps you grow as a leader. Um, you know, so things in my life, I can think about like everything from gardening, which is literally something that gives me energy, but actually, I mean, I can't tell you how many gardening metaphors I use on a regular basis because I garden and it actually is very helpful from a literal leadership development perspective yeah. of like what that means for leadership. Um, to, you know, courses, to retreats, to um, communities uh, of practice, things mm. like that. So that's a lot of what comes up for me is those types of things. Mm. Love it. Love it. Well, let's jump right in. I'd love for you to share kind of some of what are the pains or issues leaders, nonprofit or otherwise, might be experiencing regarding personal growth? Like what's coming up for folks? Well, you know, we were we were reflecting on this, Sarah, and I was thinking about, uh, literally a recent experience and I'll speak to my pain yeah. actually that I was going through. Um, uh, we at thrive impact are a part of a, an incredible community called exchange, uh, full of, uh, very conscious facilitators, uh, who, uh, we've learned a lot from it's embedded in deeply in our work and has helped us to create even more impact in how we facilitate. But I'm saying that because in that work, um, I've been a part of for a while. There were some uh, dear friends of mine who were in that community who um, created something called a Conscious Leaders Quest. So they basically wanted to create a retreat based upon the work that we embed deeply in our work around Dr. Daniel Friedland, conscious leadership, um, and and really the mindfulness-based practices to be able to grow in conscious leadership instead of being in reactivity, we're in more creativity and consciousness in our brains. Um, and so these guys, I've been a deep part of that work in, within Exchange, and some of these people and my friends had had put together this retreat. Well, a couple of months ago, they reached out to me and um, basically said, hey, we want to sponsor you to come. We want you to be here. It's in Costa Rica, which I've never yeah. been to before. Uh, you know, I mean, this is not like a, a cute little, I mean, I live in Colorado, so I, I love retreats up in the mountains, but it wasn't like drive for an hour and go up in the mountains with my friends. This was like, you know, this was a, this is it's a full week. It's, you know, out of country, literally. Um, 
And after the first time that I remember Peter Katz, uh, my friend, pinged me. I mean, while I, f- I, I really felt very honored, but I actually also felt mm. really guilty. And, uh, you know, and I was trying to just unpack that and I'm like, what's going on here? I feel really guilty around um, why, why do I have access to this and yeah. other people don't. Uh, I felt guilty around, um, and by other people, I mean nonprofit leaders yeah. that we work with. By guilty, I meant my yeah. own team. Um, by guilty, I meant uh, yeah. my own family. I mean, it was like the guilt just kept layering and layering and layering. And um, and then also, I felt I felt you know bad in a sense of you know the good old fashioned regular pressures of of being a CEO and uh, you know of an organization and. And, you know, we have a lot of momentum right now at Thrive Impact and, and we don't want to stop that. And we don't, we're like, we want to keep pushing yeah. on the gas. And I was like, oh, timing, oh, you know, and I mean, I, I just hemmed and hawed, but I only hemmed and hawed mm-hmm. to myself, you know, and I just like sat in this uh, pool of guilt for a while because uh, I feel really connected to our mission. And I think uh, some of the pains that nonprofit leaders deal with around this is, is, you know, there's... Uh, and this isn't quite the level that we're at in terms of what some like real deep human services organizations are like where if they literally take time off, there's a feeling that somebody could die. Right. But it's still, that starts to translate though, in terms of if, um, if I take off, what does that even mean? And what does that mean for the support that I, I personally and our team provides for nonprofit leaders and, um, and, and so I think to me, the pain <laughs> primarily is the word guilt, like straight up. That's the, what's what I was experiencing. I'm just sharing yeah. from my own lived experience of guilt on so many layers and so many levels uh, that really actually ended up being isolating to me for a while that I let it be mm. isolating to me, frankly, because I almost even felt guilty to reach out and ask you and, and Julie and our team about it. You know, it's like, oh, I, sh- I don't even want to. Um, so that's, that was what I... I really Mm. experienced, um, around this particular Mm. opportunity, uh, of going to Costa Rica on this conscious leadership, um, retreat basically for an entire week in the middle of all the things we have going on, you know, plus I have, I have four kids too. And you know, that, that puts strain on Mm -hmm. our family. Uh, Mm. I mean, it's just so many things. So, yeah. So it sounds like some of those pains and then for you specifically is around, you have an opportunity to go grow, but it's the question at what cost? And it's hard to answer that question by yourself uh, a little bit, it sounds like. Because um, you think of all the costs instead of uh, sometimes the, the rewards. Or for you personally, it feels like the costs felt greater than the rewards until you could talk about it with other folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't know if it's like the... Yeah. I don't know if they were real costs or they were just like perceived costs, right? Or they were, um, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, if I end up going on this, is, you know, a nonprofit leader going to say, oh, look at you, you get to the fancy. I mean, I don't know. Um, But yeah, maybe it's potential cost, perceived cost. Um, Mm. Yeah, but Mm. definitely. Well, so, you know, as we think about, we often ask about what the next normal looks like of things. I'm curious, you know, we all live in a world where resources are scarce, especially in the nonprofit sector. 
as we have people whose life literally may rely on us doing our work. Like, what is the next normal of personal growth yeah. in this context when there's more to do than there are resources to do it? Like, how do we do this thing? Well, you know, I was, uh, there was this, um, we're big Brene yeah. Brown fans over here. I mean, we use a lot of her, her research and her uh, quotes. Um, and, but I was listening at one of her Dare to Lead podcasts that she did a little while ago with the, uh, I'm not, I'm forgetting the name of the lady that she interviewed, but it was, it was uh, about the immunity to change. And it was some really deep research around what really helps people to change. And the thing that emerged for me around this in particular was, uh, and in fact, Brene even had a kind of an aha moment and it was a two part podcast. Uh, she even had an aha moment around that really the only frame that we have mostly for change, especially personal change is, you know, um, good old fashioned, like new year's resolutions, pull up right. your bootstraps, like, you know, will, willpower yeah. basically. And, and I was just like, I was thinking, especially as I was listening to that podcast and as I was reflecting on this particular situation that I have literally right in front of me is, um, is, <laughs> I mean, frankly, willpower mm -hmm. is just not enough. Uh, in fact, we count on it way yeah. too much. And they, they talk a lot about this in the podcast too, and being able to go through uh, some of the process that allows you to have an immunity to change. I'm not going to go into that because I won't give it justice, but go look it up. Brene Brown and Immunity to Change, a fantastic two-part podcast series. Um, and But I realized that part of the next normal is, is uh, not being about pulling it up, pulling up your bootstraps yeah. and figuring it out. Uh, I mean, this has been generally speaking, not just around personal growth, but in general for me around my own form of leadership is I've got to continue to let things yeah. off. <laughs> like I, I put things on my back. I just hunker down. Part of that's my old, you know, survival mechanism as being a scrappy entrepreneurial type of person. Uh, and that served me at one point, but it's right. not going to keep serving me. And, and arguably I would say that that's a short amount of time that that may serve people. But really the next normal of this particular piece is, is not relying on willpower, but actually creating the conditions. If I go back to my gardening analogy, right? Creating the conditions that allow for who I am to actually be that plant that grows mm. effectively. Um, and by, by conditions, you know, to me, it's the moment that I reached out to you and, the, and Julie as well, you know, which are essentially my two right-hand people on, on our team. Uh, along with Alan, and then we have a you know, bigger team, but was like, instead of me hemming and hawing and sitting in my own cycles in my head and feeling guilty, even that I even had this opportunity, I didn't even say yes. <laughs> and I still felt guilty. Like, I'm like, I just had this guilt and, and realizing that I don't, I, I don't know what to do here. And even if I did know what to do, I probably should still co-create with you mm -hmm. all anyway. Um, but when I, when I brought that forward to you and to Julie, both, um, you know, both of your responses to me individually were basically like, wait, why is this a question? <laughs> you know? And I was like, Oh, I, I, I don't know why this is a question. You know, <laughs> like it was just such a helpful response. And even if that wasn't your response, even if you were, you know, like, let's really think yeah. through the specifics of this, which you ultimately were right. I mean, you, you and Julie both did that. Um, but the first response was no, we're like, 
by the way, this is our mission, solve nonprofit leader burnout. You know, it was like a helpful reminder back to me that I need, even, even a CEO of an organization that literally our mission is to solve nonprofit leader burnout, I need conditions around me that help me to remind myself that this is, the, sure. this is what it is. It's the conditions yeah. and the structure um, and the trust with my team um, that, that allows me to do that. And so I did that. I came to you and we, we processed through some of those pieces. Um, I went to Julie processed through some of those pieces, especially from an ops perspective. And, and on top of it, Julie is also my wife. So that was a, a twofer there for me, not only as our director of operations, but also my wife. And, uh, it was really helpful to just get it yeah. out first of all, and to process yeah. through it. And then it was ultimately like, this was a lighter week right. for us anyway. Um, why would you not do that? And then Sarah, you had the example and I want to bring your story in here too, uh, because you've had some personal growth lately too. Uh, I mean, you've had a lot of growth in general, I think, but particularly around us, you know, something that came up for you that you're like, I'm going to do it. Um, and it was a, it was yeah. a course that you took, you know, which took time off of yeah. all of our calendars because, you know, it was on our, it was on a Monday and a Tuesday and Monday is a big like internal yeah. day for us. Uh, but you were able to like make those steps and I'm curious, uh, just to, just to hear from you, uh, if you don't mind, would you tell us a little bit about your, your journey around this story or the survey course that you took and why that was so important, not just because of the survey course itself, but like, what were the conditions in the next normal, if you will, of the nonprofit leadership that you had yeah. here, uh, that allowed for you and brought you forward to be able to actually just take that course. Yeah, well, for sure. And before I share my story, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, your story highlights, I think, attention many people have just in the day, you know, if you're a parent with a job, or even just a human with a job without kids, you know, and you have other people that you're accountable and responsible to, taking time away from them can bring on guilt, you know, just straight up and dealing with that totally. and processing through that is really important. But especially as a leader, um, you know, or anyone really in an organization being able to think through that question of like, hey, I have an opportunity. Is it worth it? Does it a value add? And how do I figure that out? And how do I figure out that out with others is, is a really important thing. Um, and I think what you highlighted is that having of conversations with others really helps to bring that, you know, cost benefit. Uh, more fully out. Because for me, I just looked at the calendar and I said, well, we don't have anything big on that week. Why not? Right? Like that was the cost benefit for me, right? Like if we had had four workshops on that week, I would have been like, you know, man, I don't, this sounds awesome, but I don't know. Like, you know, we already have things scheduled, but we didn't, right? Which means why not? Um, why not? Um, sure. So for me, yeah, I, you know, as you know, I'm getting my second master's degree. And as part of being back in university, one of the perks is that you have access to so many other opportunities all the time. You know, in some ways, it's so unfair that people not in academic institutions don't have, you know, just uh, opportunities to learn yeah. like this. It's crazy that we silo these to people just in higher education. But anyway, um, so there's an evaluation institute that happens at Claremont every three times a year, actually. And I had been waiting to take this particular course. Last session, there had been some conflict for me, um, and I can't remember what it was. But this time, I looked way in advance, and I saw the dates, and I put a hold on my calendar, like, probably three months in advance, honestly, before I even knew, you know, if I was going to be able to get the discount I wanted to get in order to be able to pay the things to take the course. And so, 
you know, I finally, so I think for me, one of the things is, um, you know, I knew taking this course was going to have a direct impact on the work that I did, you know, with Thrive, right? Mm -hmm. It was, we do a ton of survey work and really knowing that deeper and more, more better. It was just, for me, it was like a, this is an additional piece of knowledge that I just need, right? To do the work effectively. And so, you know, for me, if, if that question is just a, you know, straight up, yes, it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer to invest in. And then, you know, I wasn't, I was asking the organization for time, but not for money, right. To do it. And so, you know, we were able, I was able to say, okay, I'm getting this as part of my degree. I need the time here. It's going to directly translate into benefit for the organization. And I blocked it off early, which meant that we weren't going to put conflicts on the calendar, right. That may have made it impossible. And so I think for me, just, um, you know, knowing that this was, this investment was going to directly benefit the organization, um, made it, made it, feel really clear to me. And, and I think there is a difference here, right? Taking a, a skills-based course, many people are going to say, sure, that's a no-brainer. Going, you know, on a trip to Costa Rica, mm -hmm. people may be like, well, is that? And I, I think the thing here to know is that based on what each person needs and where they want to grow, like the things look different, right? And so often we have yeah. been raising up skill-based as the only type of professional development that folks get access to. Now, that was great because that's what I wanted right. at that time. But for you, it's a different story, right? And I think part of this is being open to looking at growth in a different way, through a different lens. Totally. Yeah. Well, and if, if there's one area that I'm growing in is, is actually how do I not go up right. in my head uh, and strategize all the time, but actually right. go down. I, th I think about, you know, our dear friend, Dr. Yvette Miller with the Red Cross, you know, and how she said we're not going to neuroscience our way out of this, you know, and she was basically like, we need yeah. to go downward. And so to your point, this is, it is actually a skills-based type of program, just not like right. a, a course. It's like growing deeper in the deeper uh, yeah. ways of conscious leadership, yeah. basically, which has a direct, you know, correlation. But to your point, like they look right. all very different um, and, and helpful. You know, I'm also thinking too, Sarah, around your particular story, uh, what was it about, I mean, I know that you have values yourself around this, but what was it about our organizational values that helped to speak into this or even our mission? Like, was there anything around that, that was helpful that you even tied back to yourself? And I don't know if I, I actually, I don't know if there, this is true or not, or if it did, and you know, and if it yeah. didn't, that's totally fine. But I'm just kind of curious if there was anything, you know, around our organization and our values and what we say we want to mm. lean into and learn into that helped you to keep moving. I mean, definitely the excellence value. Course. I think that, you know, that's one of our core values and, um, that definitely for me, uh, you know, drove, um, yeah, drove me wanting to do this course for sure. Um, cause it's, you know, an additional skill set. I think that we wanted to bring into the team and make sure that we had in our, uh, our repertoire. Um, so I would, I would say that that, yeah. that, that value definitely, Definitely led that. And, you know, for this course, um, you know, I, I didn't didn't feel any guilt, honestly, about taking the time off because I knew it was going to have a direct impact on our ability to do our work better. And I had planned in advance so that it wasn't going to impact the team, you know, and I, I think those two things for me as I think about, you know, if a leader's sitting there hemming or hawing over whether to take an opportunity for me, 
Those are a few of the questions I would ask, right? Is it going to directly impact your organization's ability to do better? And that might be about you being a better leader, right? And if so, great, go do that. And two, have you planned so that your absence isn't going to affect others or put more work or stress and strain on them? Now, sometimes the answer to that question may be yes. And like you still need to say yes. But, um, you know, doing whatever you can as a leader to mitigate the stress and strain that you're putting on others via, I think, advanced planning and just communication really helps, I I think, goes a long way. Well, and then the final thing for me, I will say, is bringing the learning back. I think that's one of the most important pieces Mm. for me when people go and invest in themselves is like, so what does that mean? And how can you share that in a way that lifts all the boats? Yeah. And having explicit time. I know we do that in some of our monthly totally. check-ins um, or we actually use this yeah. podcast many times for bringing we the do. learning back too. of like, no, this is seriously yeah. what we're learning. Yeah. Well, and I also too, um, uh, I was grateful uh, also for an opportunity. Like we're, we receive donations and to help support mm, our Thriver yeah. community, uh, which are small community-based nonprofits. And I will say this, that part of the thing after talking with you and Julie, but I also felt a lot of energy around like, we need to make sure at least one of our thrivers is able to come and be a part of this. And we were able to work some stuff out so that um, collectively, so that Beth Rolstad was able to come. She's an incredible nonprofit leader in Colorado Springs. Shout out to you, Beth. I'm proud of you for, uh, for just, you're doing such incredible work, but I'm I'm grateful that Beth is Mm going to be able to join us, which is next week um, for this particular retreat. And she had a similar process. I mean, it was like, it ended up being a little bit more spontaneous for her because it ended up being somewhat last minute. But in, in her case, um, you know, she uh, I won't tell her story for yeah. her. Maybe we'll have her on the podcast to explore what she even learned yeah. from this process and and from this retreat afterwards. Uh, but I was just really proud of her for taking some of those steps to l- quite literally take care of ourselves, because I think that we I just know. don't do that as nonprofit yeah. leaders. Right. We're we live in this scarcity space. We live in like resources are too thin. Uh, we live in the, it's never enough. And so therefore I just always have yeah. to keep grinding. And, um, and yet when we create, and we know this based on the, the data of our work, that when we create the spaces for pause, some of the better parts of for us start sure. to come, come alive and which makes yeah. us better leaders, which actually helps us, you know, similar to what you said at the very beginning, burnout is the enemy of creating yeah. positive change, right? Burnout is not for your sure. friend. And part of, not burning out is by creating the spaces mm. for you to do this and not using your willpower to just force right. yourself. To you can't do just it. keep putting one foot in front of each other and the other all the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, last question or next last, what, what is made possible for a nonprofit leader and those they have influence over if they adopt this next normal, what, what's possible? You just spoke to a little bit, but curious if there's anything else there. Well, I think I just keep getting back to the power of co-creation. I mean, I, I am consistently amazed at how um, helpful co-creating is yeah. for humans. Uh, <laughs> you know, meaning it really getting out of isolation. Um, meaning, like, I don't know. I, I again, I hemmed and hawed for like a good solid month. And then Peter kept texting me and I'm grateful that Peter did that. Um, And then it was once I reached out to those who this affects, who are my, you know, closest people in my, in my life and in my world um, and co-creating of like, in meaning, I don't know what to do about this. Will you help me uh, think through it? I mean, 
what's made possible is is yeah. no more burnout. I mean, quite frankly, not that this is not that this particular retreat is an example, or your survey course is an example, was like a you know some right. silver bullet to get rid of burnout. But I mean, Sarah, when you came back from that survey course, I mean, you had this like. <laughs> extra skipping your step, right? You had energy from it. It was, it was really like, it was noticeable. It was cool. Right. It was like, oh, she is. And, and I've seen in all of our design calls and all the things that we do around facilitating. I mean, you, you're bringing this learning in and every time you do it, it's like this extra little, like, oh yeah, you know, and I love it. And by the way, a little plug for Sarah, if you haven't listened to our podcast, which is going to be a series now here soon uh, about Sarah's survey course, because it's very relevant to all of you out there, nonprofit leaders who are evaluating impact, which you should be. And if you're not, you're doing it wrong. Um, anyway, just a little plug for that podcast. You want to go check that out about surveys and um, and Sarah's learning from that survey course. But uh, I think what's made possible yeah. is we have more energy. Uh, we're able to actually be more clear headed. Um, and, and then again, the power of co-creation is just getting out of isolation. We're not meant to be isolated. And this is just oh, one more example of ways that I created isolation for myself, not yeah. realizing it until I was like, wait a second, what am I doing here? Yeah, um, for sure. And so I think what's made possible is frankly, no burnout. We're able to create impact yeah. from the inside out. Quite well, literally. and what I, the other thing I, I think is true here, especially for some folks, you know, maybe not as much for you because you're more of an extrovert. But I think the other thing that happens with nonprofit leaders around leadership develop or just, you know, going to access growth opportunities is that feeling. And I definitely felt it before my survey course of I got to go meet new people. I have to be in an environment I don't know. I have to take a risk. I have to write. And that's the other thing about learning mm. is that it can be scary sometimes. And so I think the other thing that happens is we get comfortable in our little bubble, right? And the bubble of our organizations and the bubble of the people that we know. And um, the other thing that learning does, regardless of what it's about, is that it forces you to open up to new people and new ideas and new ways of thinking and doing things in a way that for some folks feel like maybe for you feels totally comfortable and for some other folks feels less comfortable, but just like identifying yeah, that sure. tension of I'm going to go learn something that feels scary to me, you know, as I, I think an important yeah. thing to notice in oneself, um, cause that may be holding what's holding yeah, you back, that's great. you know, is that fear, yeah. honestly. Um, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I have, I mean, I know the people who are facilitating this whole thing, but I'm like, I, I'm mostly know what I'm getting into ish, but it's definitely, um, again, I've never been to Costa Rica. I've never even done a retreat yeah. like this. Um, I've never gone out of the country for, for something yeah. like this. I mean, there's a lot of new for, for me even in this. So, and yeah, so there's a little getting yeah. out of my comfort zone too with that, which again is helps me to get, totally. get where I need to go. Totally. Okay. Yeah. What are some practical steps a nonprofit leader can take around personal growth? What do they do? Well, I mean, I think part of it is find things that you want to learn into and to grow into. And I mean, is I loved your story, Sarah, yeah. is get them on the calendar as quick as you can and, and then co-create with your team around them. And I also think, too, this is a, a way of you setting, if, especially if you're an ED or lead a team, uh, this is a way of you setting an example of why this is so important, right? That you don't have to be the one that's sacrificing right. the altar of the mission. Uh, while everybody else goes and takes their vacation or or their their personal growth opportunity, um, but I think one of them is 
is lead by example, <laughs> quite literally get stuff, find stuff that you love, uh, be a part of communities that you, that, uh, have opportunities like this. Like this came to me because I'm a part of a community. Um, and just do it, get it on the calendar. If it's not on the calendar, totally. it doesn't exist. And so get it on the calendar and co-create that with your team and make sure that your yeah. team is doing it too. Right. Yeah. Uh, also too, I think in your budgeting process in your impact, uh, in your impact forecasting and budgeting process, like absolutely put money in your budget for professional development. It is a, we know this from all the work that we do. It is absolutely a worthwhile investment, uh, to let people to explore and to find, and it helps them in their, in their journeys too. So put money in your budgets around professional mm. development. Don't yes. skimp there. Um, cause it's very quickly and easily the place that gets skimped because, oh, like we're just going to sacrifice ourselves when actually no, logically doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Um, and we know, but from the data, it really doesn't make any sense. It's actually burnout is actually yeah. the enemy of creating positive yeah. change. So don't, don't let your team burn yeah, out. Yeah. I love that. And in addition to putting dollars in, I mean, especially for small nonprofits, if you can't put dollars in, at least let people know they can take some time, I think is the other thing to do. Um, there, because there, there are plenty of free webinars and learnings and things that folks can take advantage of. And so if you're a nonprofit who has $0 to spend, you can let folks know they have a number of days over the course of a year or a quarter, um, to take mm. the time to go learn, uh, and to ask them to put it on the calendar and really make it part of folks' performance plan, right? Is what do you want to learn this year and how do you want to grow? Um, cause we should all be accountable to that with each other, I think, for the organization. Yep. Love it. So good. Great. Well, Sarah, thanks for the episode. Thanks for the interview today. It was this so was fun. fun. Uh, Tucker, I thanks. I like you being the host. You're a way better <laughs> thanks host. Thanks for think. joining I, us. Folks, we'll put some links to some <laughs> things, including the podcast that Tucker referenced in the show notes, and then invite you to identify your next opportunity for professional growth and learning. And hey, tell us about it. We'd love to hear about it once you do. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone.